0: Everybody, and welcome back it is our season two premiere here on orange and blue thing i'm brian ernie that right there is darren meanin what up we are back for another season of this insanity i don't know i don't know why but we are i'm so freaking pumped to be back dude i am too man I've, i missed you i have missed you as well <laughs> it's weird you know i was saying this that like we did that for 40 weeks in a row basically we missed one, one week. one week and that was it that's a long time.
1: It is. It is a very long time, but you know what I we we grew as a couple and we had a great year We did. even though the meds did and I felt <laughs> we like did. we had a, I was a couple. <laughs> we had a great time together and we did a little preview thing yesterday, a little Skype thing to try to get the the kids at home excited about yes. the new season and uh I said yesterday I missed you and I and I was being honest. Well, I, 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 I really I appreciate did.
0: that. I missed you too, man. <laughs> we are back. Well, to, oh, se- yeah. to Cheers, season dude. 2. We we've, we've Yeah. Well, and I drank something.
1: I know. Because last year we would say, like, oh, we would cheers. and we would forget. But
0: cheers, man. I'm very excited yeah. to be back. Me too. Me too. So what's going on, man? What have you been spending your time doing these last 12 weeks?
1: Uh, you know, just lounging around. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you got the wife and kids. So there's always yeah. something going on at there's the house. But uh, Black Friday was awesome for us. We haven't been on it. We haven't done a show since October. So a lot's been going on here. And a lot of people think that the Seven Line is just a seasonal thing. But we're full time. And uh, this this holiday season was probably our best yet, so thanks That's to all awesome. the fans at home that that helped us be busy. Um, but you know, Christmas was great. Had had a bunch of people over at my house. Had a little bit too much eggnog. But uh, you know, we got New Year's in a couple of days, and I'm just having a good time. What cool.
0: about you? Not much, man. It was. I was saying to Lizzie when I got here before, and uh, we should shout out Lizzie and Keith that are uh, holding it down over there on the other. We do we have a camera on them
1: now. Uh, no, we don't. But no, on don't the other don't. side of the glass. On the other side of the glass. glass. On <laughs> the other side
0: of the glass. I was telling Lizzie when I got here. That that the kiddo is fine. Like. By the end of Christmas, we're starting to get it. Like, starting to get the present thing. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this is for you. And so ah, you know?
1: So Dude, December 26th, out. Amelia was like, presents? Like, yeah. what about today? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, the, like yeah. Monday, it was like, all bets were off. We took the gates down. We had enough eyeballs on her that we didn't have to, like, constantly watch all day yeah, at the house. But, one. uh... Yeah, Christmas was great, but uh, I'm just excited to get this new season of our show going again. Obviously, morale's down in the fan base, but we try to do our best to uh, be an all-around Mets show. So no matter what's going on, we're going to try to talk about it this year, and obviously a lot of fans are kind of down in the dumps. Uh, Sandy and Co. didn't make a whole lot of moves down in the winter meetings So a lot of people are up up in arms right now. And, you know, we don't want to silence anyone just because you and I might feel differently than someone else does at home. That's not what the show's about. That's not what being a fan's about. Exactly. And there is no guideline to being a fan. Whether you go to a game, don't go to a game, want to cheer, boycott, whatever, do you
0: And no one else is trying to tell you how to spend your time or money. So, whatever. Exactly. So, before we get into that, the Mets have done a few things here. Whether it makes you mad or or puzzled or whatever, um, they have done a few things. Uh, First, on the player side, um, Anthony Swarzak is here. Um, Darren just pulled up his baseball reference page. Obviously, if you listen to this later, you can go check it out. Uh, 2.7 war last year. That's really good for a middle reliever. You know, you're getting almost three wins out of a middle reliever. It's very good. He's hard-throwing guy um he's obviously going to help that bullpen which is actually in relatively good shape toward the back end with Swarzak, Blevins uh Ramos and Familia so you know Mickey says he's going to use a uh you know a closer by committee we can ask him about that next week um and he says he's not committing to Familia or Ramos in the ninth inning he's going to use it situationally um, and I believe Swarzak might even get in the mix for a save or two here if the situation presents itself. Well, especially because Mickey said there is no save. There, there's no closer. Well, you know what? There, any There isn't anymore. And, and he wants to use guys situationally,
1: which, you know, who knows if that's going to work out. But, you know, when, when a new manager makes comments like that, all of a sudden Twitter goes nuts. And you know how Matt's Twitter is. They, they like to hinge on someone's every thought. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year. But, you know, for a guy like Familia, who I think likes to be the closer, I yeah. mean, you know, now he's like, well, and, and I'm not, you know, and
0: entering free agency, which I mean, the saves are a stat that everybody looks at now. Back end relievers are getting their money, there's no harm in that. I mean, look at Swarzak, he got what an AAV of you know, seven million dollars. So, I mean, they're definitely getting their money. Um, and maybe the save doesn't matter as much as the high leverage, you know, performance. Um, I like this. I think, obviously, they had to do it because the market was moving on middle relievers and they were going to get left behind. Brian Shaw, who was a target, um, obviously is uh, off to Colorado. Um, And, you know, I, I think that... You know they weren't going to get him. I would have loved to see them get go out and get a guy like Mike Minor, but he wants to start. And uh, the one thing I don't like about the bullpen right now is they need a second lefty. They need somebody to go out there other than Blevins because you can't run Blevins into the yeah, ground yeah. by you know April or May, which is what happened last year. So a lot of stuff uh, still to work on. That's for sure. And well, I
1: like that. there's going to be a little bit of a reunion between him and Mickey. Yes. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's something. Swartzack
0: cool. was in Cleveland for a little while, right? And and uh, and I think that he definitely should uh, get back on the domination train, as he likes to say. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, man. I, I mean, I don't know. I like that little move. I, I like the way they uh, they put that together. And like I said, you know, there's still guys available. Like an old friend, like Addison Reed. He's still out there. They say maybe they're out on middle relievers based on budget, which we'll get into. Did you see this thing here, though?
1: Uh, obviously, Syndergaard and Blevins are very vocal on Twitter, and they go back and forth a lot. But once uh, the new guy, the new uh, you know, pitcher came to the Mets, swore Zach here, he, they decided to have a little vote there on uh, Twitter to name his new nickname. So they had four options here. It was Morris slash Zach Attack, Swayze slash Roadhouse, Swartz slash Lone Star, or the Swack Slash DJ Suarez. I don't even know how that is. But what,
0: what did you vote? Oh, you voted for for. I didn't
1: vote on any of these, but the there was over six thousand votes on Syndergaard's Twitter and Swayze. I mean, duh, was the winner there. I'm. I'm Come on, Team
0: Swayze. I'm on Team Swayze as well. <laughs> I mean, I had the time of my life. <laughs> I've never felt this way before. Exactly. Oh boy. Yeah, boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> so the Mets haven't done anything else um, except one perplexing move, which uh, I mean, look. I wrote about it for the blog. Uh, Omar Mani is back. So there's that. Yeah, um, and a lot
1: of people thought it was a joke. I thought maybe it was like an old thing that got <laughs> like reposted. <laughs> no. You know, from whenever. Uh, but yeah, Omar is back, which was like a late, uh, was it December 22nd? So yeah. it was like,
0: what was it Friday? It was Friday, right? So it was like Friday, Christmas. end of the
1: day. Mets kind of squeaked it in there. Tried, and, totally you know, tried
0: to slide it in and uh, take it out with the trash. But you as, thought it was a good move. I on a ba- As a baseball move. A baseball move. The man is a very gifted talent evaluator. That's clear. You know, there's, his fingerprints are all over the 2015 pennant winning team. Um, he's had good drafts. Um, you, you know, it's very clear that he knows what he's doing when it comes to evaluating talent. Even uh, as a general manager, he convinced a lot of talent to take deals from the Mets when they didn't really want to go to the Mets. I mean, you talk about Pedro Martinez, uh, Carlos Beltran, these are two guys that Didn't really want any part of the Mets. And he convinced them to come to New York. And basically, I mean, we're talking about they were maybe a double up the gap away. They were definitely a double up the gap away from a pennant. Maybe a World Series championship, you know, based on those kinds of moves. Um, The the perplexing thing is why? Why now? You know, they just extended Sandy Alderson. Days later, they bring Omar back. I mean, I don't get it. I get it from Omar's perspective. He gets to do what he loves, which is scouting and he's I got to think he's in line for the job now I mean like he's got to be in the mix with John Ricco and stuff because once Sandy's done this is only a two-year extension and as we know I mean after the first year he can easily be fired in the second year if things aren't going the way I mean you would think Omar Minayo might get a second go-around here as a general manager certainly
1: have to think so I mean it it all, all uh, signs point that way, especially from from our perspective that, you know, yeah, maybe he's, like, the next guy in line to take Sandy's spot. But who knows what's going to happen? I mean, do you really want to bring back a guy who, um, you know, not that he didn't have success because, like you said, his fingerprints were all over the 2015 team. But, like, it, I'd rather see a new face rather than an old face come of course. back. You, you know what I mean?
0: You want to get some new voices in here, but – for right now, that's why I'm excited about Mickey. You know, yeah. oh, younger absolutely.
1: guy, new mentality. You know, his first crack in, the, you know, in the in the coaching manager's chair at least. Yeah. And we'll see what he's got. You know? Yeah, and
0: we'll ask Mark Carrig about this. Who is our guest tonight? By the way, we should mention that uh, Newsday's Mark Craig who, by the way, has been just. Lighting up ownership, we should, you know, we're going to talk about all that stuff as Darren mentioned. No, we have a
1: phone line, and, and if anyone and yes. wants to call and talk, it's 631 388 5195. If you want to chat, I mean, that's and, not, and hit us with anything. we said yeah. yesterday, I said this yesterday, I don't know if it was a good analogy, but we drive the boat, the fans of the rudder. Yeah. If you
0: want to talk, to talk about I thought something. that was a great analogy.
1: Thanks, bro. Boat. I, I don't know I where like I came it. up with that one. I but, liked it. Uh, um, hanging
0: around me too much. If you guys want to talk,
1: <laughs> give us a call, put you on the air, um, before we get on with uh, Mark, but yeah, so the This whole boycott thing obviously spawned from the lack of moves. Well, not spawned from, but it's been fueling for years, and now it's finally to the point where some fans have finally, for whatever reason, this is the the, the, the break—the straw that broke the camel's back—and this is it. So, for sure, even though we're not even into 2018 for another few days here, but
0: you know, who knows what's going to happen before spring training? I mean, look, uh, this idea of a uh, boycott—we you addressed it on the on our blog, which I thought was uh, really well done and and i i have to say i don't think a boycott would make one lick of difference um i you know the wilpon family is going to run this team however they see fit and frankly you know they don't have shareholders uh you know public shareholders this isn't a public company it's not a trust in you know for a lack of a better way to say it this is their business so they're going to run it however they want to um when we talk to mark later You know, Mark made some good points and he said, hey, you know, I in the in the article, hey, you know, this is uh, if you're not going to spend two hundred and fifty million dollars, then maybe you should invest in your scouting in other areas. So for for right now, like they could either be a smart organization or they could be a spending organization. They're not doing it doesn't look like they're doing either right now, but is is my ticket if i stop going is that going to change anything i think just you have to acknowledge that some things are beyond your control i mean they've held on to the team for this long through the bernie madoff stuff are they are they ready to relinquish control they don't they don't want to give up the team they love owning the team so what am i going to do if i stop going who am i going to hurt yourself Me. so yeah yeah, yeah. What's, what you the know, baseball the for
1: a lot of that? people is such a release and such like a thing that they love to do as as their leisure mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and you know, some fans look to the Seven Line immediately and say, You guys, if you go to games, you're the problem, you're the shills. What listen, there's a lot of people that love the Seven Line Army and what we do. We travel the country, thousands of people come from all over the place to come cheer with us. Are we gonna cancel the season because of the way things have been going lately? Right. Obviously not. That's yeah. not gonna happen. And
0: you know, it, it's, even if you it's did Hold a on, stick, even even if situation, you, even if you did, do you think it would make a difference? No. So so then why? I mean, look, I get I get the argument. Well, you give them money, and then you enable them. Well, I'm sorry, but, like, they're enabled no matter what. You know, people like to talk about the Dodgers and the McCourt family. McCourts were missing payroll. They weren't paying people. That's why MLB took the team away. They weren't saying, like, well, you're in a big market. You really should be spending more. I mean, look at the Kansas City Royals. They pocketed their revenue sharing money for years and years and years. They still have a world championship to show for it finally because they developed enough players and they got hot at the right time. Frankly, the Wilpon family almost had a world championship too. But, you know, a little bit different managing out of the bullpen or maybe Familia doesn't hang that splitter to Alex Gordon in game one. and The Mets might have a world championship the last two years. So, like, So I don't understand this idea that like, the Mets mean the world to me, and they mean so much to me that I'm never going to watch them again. Right, right. Until, like, they but sell. the last thing we like, want
1: the, the people at home to think is that we are poo-pooing this, this movement. No, no. If you go on a boycott and not go to a game, do you? We don't care. But don't, don't get on our asses because we want to go to the games. So it's like, yeah, you're not, not a
0: diehard fan if you want to boycott. I get, I get the mental. I just say, like, look, lead. here's
1: the line. Here you go. If you're on this side, you're a real fan. If you're on this side, you're not a real fan. There's no such thing as a real fan. If you're passionate enough to care this much about the team one way or the other, you're a real fan. Right. So no one's telling you to come – Wave pom-poms and thunder sticks and hang out with us. I don't care if you want to hang out right. with us. I really don't care. Right. Because we have plenty of people who do, and it's right. fun. And you know what? More power to you if you want to go do your boycott. But I guarantee half the people that are saying, I'm not going to a game this year,
0: if the Mets are in first place in August, they're going to a game. Well, and we should talk about the poll you put up because you did okay. ask people how many games you expect on going, uh, you know, plan on going to. I got to pull that back up. Yeah, no, and I know. And I think that if you plan on going to – Five or six well, games. Well, I saw something in, from one of the boycotters yeah. that said,
1: um, I'm, a, I'm I'm going to boycott, but I'll probably end up going to some games. So that's not that's not is, a boycott. That, that's not. That's, but that's Whatever. Like
0: you do you? the antithesis of a boycott. That's very much not a boycott. But, I mean, uh, you know, so you have the poll up here now, and it's what what one? One through six or one through one five? One through five. Or so
1: originally I actually had this a lot higher because there are season ticket holders that I thought might be – you know, voting on this. So the options were the question was, how many Mets games do you think you'll hit in 2018? Zero, uh, one through five, six through 10 or 11 plus. I voted 11 plus because of our season ticket packages, 12 plus I, our away games. I voted one through five. Okay, you know, so that, that that was the winner. So yeah. one through five got 54% of the vote. We had almost 1,200 voters, 18% said zero. Who knows if that's going to be true or if they're just, uh, you know, saying that now or maybe that's what they think. But a good amount of people here are still going to baseball games. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, 18% say zero. I'm going to call 18% of you, m- like, either, li- like, probably liars. Like, <laughs> let's face it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, whatever. You can do what you want. I don't really care. I don't have a vested I, interest in I it. I was but waiting for your word there, what it was going to be. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, You're either going to be lazy or liars. Or you're full of shit. Yeah. I I just think (laughs) – I just don't believe you. And if you're not going to get to a game, it's not going to be because of ownership. It's going to be because of finances or it's going to be because of time, a lack of time, or you're doing Whatever. But either way, we're not telling you how to spend your money. Don't tell us how to spend ours. And there's a lot of people who love what we do. And if you don't,
1: that's cool. If you do, that's cool too. But yeah, just whatever. don't be a
0: jabroni. 631 388 5195 if you want to call and hang out with us. And share the
1: show. You know, we're yeah. back. You may as well tell your friends. You know, there's not a lot going on right now in uh, at all. You could you win know, some stuff. You can win some stuff. Towards the end of the show, we are going to do What's in the Box, which is where we give one live. Lucky caller, the option to pick one, two, three or four, whatever's in the box, you get to keep for free. And at the end of the show, by sharing the show, uh, we are going to give away a ticket for free because Brian's mom is going on a cruise and she forgot um, <laughs> that she's going on a cruise for the Queens Baseball Convention, which is January 20th at Catch in Astoria. It is the what year is it? Fifth, fourth?
0: The fourth, the fourth real one. Real... One got snowed out. So, Oh, yeah, okay. So the fourth yeah.
1: real one. And, and you could blame guys from Mother Nature. God forbid it snowed. But um, you should see the hate tweets that they got because it snowed. Like you can predict the blizzard, by the way. Um, anyway, so Queens Baseball Convention, January 20th um at catch in Astoria check that out queensbaseballconvention.com Todd Hundley is going to be
0: there Brandon Nimmo Chris Flexen it's going to be a good time. By
1: sharing the show right now you have the opportunity to get this ticket for free we will choose one live lucky winner at the end of the show we do have a caller though and this is a brand new phone line system that we got here so hopefully it works uh hold on one second All right so we got Charles in Houston what's up Charles
2: Hey what's up guys
1: not a whole lot. What, what's going on with you? You're a lot warmer than we are right now. It's 12 degrees here in New York.
2: Yeah, it's a brisk 50 degrees right now. It's pretty cold.
1: That's about but, as cold uh, as it is
2: in here. <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to chime in because, like, I'm pretty involved in you know Twitter and everything, and a lot of people that you know like are protesting going to games. I see it as kind of like if you have 200 people that don't go to games, it's like that's not going to change. The, the revenue enough for the owners to be like, oh, people don't care, you know, like you still have the average baseball fan that will go to the game no matter what. Right, right.
1: I think a lot of the, you know, the majority of the world is that that's a Mets fan isn't sitting on Twitter talking shit all day. You know, like it's a it's not saying that's a small fraction of people or that they can't make any type of change. I'm not poo-pooing that at all. But you're right. Two hundred people not going to a game isn't gonna put a dent or a thought into anything. You I know? mean,
0: they they've actually ownership has actually said that in order for us to spend, this is the one thing they actually have said in the last Sandy two, three said years. that a few years ago. Yeah, then if you guys are gonna, you know, you guys need to come out to the ballpark, and I think that's unfair because the Mets fans have proven time and time again that they will support the team. Of course, but at, at the same time, they've said to you, "Look, we're, it's not like you're going to shut us down. You're not going to. You're not going. Oh well." Well, Brian Ernie didn't show up today, so I guess it's time to, you know, sell to Mark Cuban. Like, it's not going to happen. That's that's not what we're doing here. Let me ask you that. How many games do you get to go to?
2: Well, I'm in Texas, so I typically like to go to, like, I fly up to New York for a couple of days and see, like, maybe three. And then I like to go to, like, spring training as well. So, so
1: do you come up specifically for Mets games?
2: Yeah, and, uh... I also went for like this year. I went for college visits because I'm looking to go to Hofstra next year. So, awesome. oh, nice. like, it was kind of. But the point is, like, I have to spend a lot of money to go see this team, and it's like, yeah, I'm frustrated, but I still love like seeing the team play. I've seen them play my whole life, and it's kind of been like something I've always been passionate about. And just because they don't spend enough money, I'm not going to stop seeing them. You know, right, that right, type right. Of thing.
1: All right, man. So thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Hopefully we see you down at spring training this year. And uh, all the best, man. Thanks for calling.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: I mean, I think that's that's a good take. It is a good take. <laughs> so uh, let's try to get uh, <laughs> well, Mark then. on the line here. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Mark here. Uh, we will get him going. And do we have him? Yeah, we do. All right, let's welcome in our very first guest of season two. He is a writer for Newsday, where he's been on the Mets beat for the past six seasons. Obviously, you uh, know his work is making ways as of late. He's taken on Mets ownership, specifically the Wilpon family. He is the one and only Mark Craig. Mark, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Mark made me laugh before I did this. So it, I'm not I don't find Mark just naturally amusing. But. Well,
1: we know Mark's trying to uh, acclimate his his uh, Cali blood to New York and 12 degrees even though you've been here for what 7 seasons now
3: yeah and uh, I mean, and, like for longer than that, even man, I covered the other team for a couple of years too, so oh, yeah. I always forget uh, so. you
1: covered the Yankees, I know, yeah, we welcomed know? you with open arms though. I remember I saw someone on the beat they're <laughs> like, let's welcome Mark from the Yankees. I was like, you know, I'll reach out to this guy like, <laughs> welcome aboard, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well,
0: obviously uh the off season's kind of been a wild one, especially for you, so let's start with how we got here, which was uh, that abysmal twenty seventeen season. Uh, you broke a story late in the year about how Terry Collins had lost the locker room and the front office uh, was ready to cut sides with them, but the Wilpons basically stepped in and stopped it. Um, just how bad had that room gotten by the end of the season?
3: Uh, yeah, a lot of unhappy campers, and I think that sort of happens when you have this kind of season that they did. But I think in this case, uh, there was a lot of built-up frustration that kind of spilled over. As you recall in that story, um, you know there were there were times, you know, earlier in the year where I think there were people in the organization that thought. Making a change in the manager's office might be able to at least revive some of this season. Maybe help uh, r- write the course. And uh, as the story noted, you know Fred Wilpon didn't let it happen. You know, kind of stepped in and and wanted to keep Terry in there. So when that ended up being the wrong decision, and now they're jettisoning the veterans, uh, you know things got really bad. And I think there was frustration really from a lot of different directions by the end.
1: Do you think, uh, you know, shedding a lot of the contracts, getting rid of guys like Walker and Bruce, maybe added to the dynamic in the clubhouse? Like, how do you think yeah. that played out?
3: Absolutely, I, I think, you know, you, you it's like when you watch like a, a Jenga tower top a little bit, right? Like it starts to waver, and then like you pull the last block at the bottom, the whole thing comes down. That's what the veterans were. They pulled the block at the bottom of that that stack, and so something that was already teetering, I feel like, just kind of, you know, fell all the way over and you get the scene that you get at the end of the year.
0: Uh, Darren brought up the veterans. Um, I want to talk about one specifically who's a free agent right now, which is Neil Walker. You've kind of hinted a little bit that uh, things ended badly there, that no, even if uh, his options kind of fell off toward the end of the offseason and Walker was still available and still looking for a job, he, he might not come back here. Um, is there anything you can kind of let us in that may have happened between the Mets and Walker that made that relationship disintegrate?
3: Well, I think it was all public. Remember that there was uh, that talk about a trade to the Yankees, yep. and then there was a, a public dispute between the two teams about why that didn't go through. Mm-hmm. And it ended up dragging Neil Walker through the mud. You know, now people are asking yeah. about his physicals, uh, and that's like a toxic, dangerous word for a player. Yeah. Like that's a scarlet letter. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you've got Neil Walker and physical, Neil Walker and and injury lumped together at a time when people are really paying close attention, because it's around the trade deadline or right after it, and so, yeah, I think there's some hard feelings there, and and, a lot of it became public, and I think that's the unfortunate part. Things like this happen, okay, people get scrutinized for for their physicals, especially in a scenario where you're taking on a bunch of money, like, that's just part of doing business in baseball. Uh, Where it got a little bit messy here is that a lot of it spilled out in public. And, you know, I didn't think that was particularly fair to Neil Walker. And I think most people thought that, too. And it was an unfortunate situation, but you can't undo it. And so I think maybe there's something there still.
0: Let me ask a really quick question. Just jump in there because this isn't on our on our sheet that we prepared. But I want to talk about this for a second. Do you think the Mets, it seems continually that they have communications issues, that they have PR issues and. I, while I know Jay Harwitz is a beloved figure, and 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 that media department has always treated us well, and I think they're generally pretty good at their jobs. Why, why is that? Why does that always happen? That <laughs> stuff I mean, always seems I, to be coming public I mean, because, after the fact. Yeah, because I think everybody in that department does a pretty good job. But but why is is the? It always seems like a communications problem.
3: Yeah, you know, it's I know it's the media relations department, and and they're supposed to communicate, but to pin these issues on one sector of the organization to me is inaccurate. I think it's wrong. I think uh, it's something that I've noticed in all parts of this organization, from the training staff to, uh, you know, sometimes ownership, sometimes like the GM, sometimes the manager. Like, I mean, it's, I think, endemic to the culture of the organization. It's it's just part of what happens here. I think, you know, the Mets are interesting that way. In one way – like okay let's be fair I think a lot of people dump on the Mets because it's easy to all right when especially when you're coming off a season this way but I think the one thing that that the Mets are different from a lot of places you know it's a real family atmosphere in there that is true I think you know the way people treat each other there's a lot of that like you know it's a little more personal than a lot of like teams are in baseball um on the flip side there's a lot of miscommunication there's a lot of like you know little scuffles that break out and end up coming out so um, you know, there's like a rawness to it too. So I think that's sort of what you're seeing here and, and to pin it on one department or whatever is, I think kind of like a very narrow way to look at it. I mm-hmm. think it's just sort of how the organization kind of is, sure. you know, it's people have used the word dysfunctional. I think at times it is now that's a lot of organizations too. Again, not the single amount, cause it's just so easy to dump on the mats. And like, I, I don't know, I always thought that was kind of cheap. But there are instances where it is real, and that does happen. I think we saw some of that even uh, last year.
1: So, do you think it's pretty unlikely that Walker would then make a reunion back to Queens? Or, you know, there are some guys that are still out there that may make their way back to Flushing, like maybe Jay Bruce or Walker. Like, do you see any way that these guys come back?
3: I I would say it's highly unlikely at this point. Um, You know, I wouldn't rule out anything, all right, just because I just saw it today. There's a bunch of names on the board still. It's been a weird, weird off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's it's almost January first, and I mean, there are like five win players on the board still. Yeah. Like, what is going on, right? I mean, there are three win players all over the place mm-hmm. on the board still. Like, these are good ball players still available. So, anyone trying to predict an off season, I, I mean, I give up. All mm-hmm. right. Like, it's been so weird. It's so funky. If both of those guys, one of those guys end up back here. Like, all right, I'd be a little bit surprised, but I can't say, like, oh, I didn't see that coming at all. It's just been such a weird off season. You don't know how it's going to shake out. The fact that so many good players are still out there changes the whole dynamic. And, you know, we'll see. I, I guess uh, options change a little bit when you get to the middle of January and all of a sudden you, may, you might not have as strong a feeling about not going somewhere as you did before, or situations just straight up change. And uh, as we've seen, I, I just think there's going to be a mad rush here at some point where these guys start flying off the board. And I think, um, you know, when pressure comes, uh, it changes your decision-making process. I think that happens for both sides, from the player side, the team side. So I think a lot – so much stuff can happen still that it's hard to predict. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't – I certainly couldn't sit here and say there's no
0: way. Uh, let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, Darren Meenan and Brian Ernie, Orange and Blue Thing, talking here at Newsday's Mark Krig. Um Let's get to what everybody <clears throat> wants to talk about here, which is obviously the fact – You've kind of taken up the cause of calling the Wilpons out on the carpet here, first for skimping on payroll, not and then also not communicating with the fans um, exactly their financial situation. Um, first, let's start here. We've we've talked about it that this is going to be your sixth, seventh season covering the team. Obviously, you've been in town for a few years longer than that. What brought it all on? Is this something that maybe you sat down with your editor and said, "Look, we we got to get this story because this has been going on seemingly forever." Um, is it one thing that sparked it like the Stanton trade, maybe right after that seemed to kind of be where everybody's breaking point. Um, what, what kind of, what was the impetus to this whole thing?
3: It's a great question. Uh, Well, number one, I listen to the fans. Okay. Like I listen to the fans and, um, you know, that, that Twitter feed goes both ways. Obviously I'm sending stuff out, but I'm very, very receptive to what I see there. And I think over the last. Couple of weeks in this off season, I could see a lot of frustration building. Obviously, what the Yankees were doing across town is a part of that, but you know, it, I think it almost raised the level. I, don't, I mean, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, because like, you guys live it and and you would know better than I. But just when I took a pulse of what was going on out there, it seemed like people are really, really angry, more so than normal. Okay, and I think anger is part of the Met experience. All right, like I think any med fed will tell you, you're gonna get pissed off from now time time and again. It's just sort of part of the deal. This felt different to me. And so during the the, uh, winter meetings, Sandy was asked, I think you guys all saw this, about payroll, and he gave kind of a flippant answer. So even I was just sitting there, like I have a choice in that moment do I like press it right here, or do I at some point circle back to this? And so I chose the latter. I was like, you know what, at some point, I'm just going to ask straight up. What is going on? Because what's happened here within the culture of the organization is that it's just the thing that nobody talks about. Um, And nobody even says the ownership's name, right? The Wilcons. Like it's become like Voldemort. Like nobody – it's he who shall (laughs) not be named or whatever. And it's like crazy to me. Like they own the baseball team. It's okay to say their names. And it's okay to point out the fact that they're running their business a certain way. And if you rather call him, I don't even blame him for that. Okay? It's not what I would do. Because I think – I personally think the Mets have enough talent where if you threw some money at it, you might make some noise. Mm-hmm. But I don't own the baseball team. They own the baseball team. They clearly feel differently, and, and that's fine. And that's what led me to the ultimate question is if you feel differently, why don't you explain it to people? Right. What is wrong with asking for that? And like now what's happened is I think there's been a lot of anger. So people saw that and all this other stuff starts coming out about, well, they should sell the team or whatever. You know, I don't even advocate that, all right? It's their business to run however they want. I just think fans deserve to have some kind of explanation as to the direction of it. And, you know, maybe you buy into it, maybe you don't, but at least it's out there.
2: Right.
0: That's
3: know? fair. So there's not even a company line at this point. They haven't said anything.
0: Right. Like you like, I mean, like you said the in the column. it
3: been discussing three years. Exactly. All right. So, yeah. You know, why not? Why not invest, why not the
0: invest the in request. the in the Pacific Rim? Why not invest in Cuba? I I think that was a great point. If if you can't go get Carlos Santana, then why not go get the next Joana Cespedes before you have to pony up one hundred and eighty million dollars for him?
3: Yeah, precisely. That's it. And and again, it's a, I think a discourse that needs to happen here. And I think and I I don't know. I I, I like to pride myself on the fact that I think. I, like I said, I listen to the fans because those are the readers. Um, I think they just want to know too. And look, it's not going to make everybody happy. Whatever their answers would be, it's, it might actually make people more mad. Yeah. But I think there's a segment of people that would at least appreciate Absolutely. that they've been reached out to. And and and, at this, and that's step one. All right, to me, it's step one is like announcing or sharing with people what you're thinking. And then number two, devising a, a, an actual workable plan to get there. That acknowledges what you're trying to do. So in my view, it's like if it's like that guy that lives in like a a bad neighborhood and drives a nice car. What's the point of that? All right. Like what is the point of that? Like, it, who are you trying to impress? Like, so if you're not going to be the team that's pushing up against the luxury tax, fine. But then don't be the team that's caught in the middle that's trying to look like you you're trying to do that and, and then Uh, You know, never actually following through with it. And then at the same time, now you're missing opportunities. Uh, And, you know, one thing I mentioned in the column is, you know, Jacob deGrom, okay, trading him in the middle of the season this year would have brought them back a bunch of young talent from, let's say, the Houston Astros. All right. Would have happened. Okay. It's something they could have explored. They didn't even bother. And it's like, I don't think if they're going to run the team this way, they can uh, be the team that says, well, we're not even going to think about that. I think if you're going to run the team a certain way, then that means there's got to be other options you put on the table. And one of those options, as terrible as it would seem for a lot of fans, and I and I don't blame him by the way, is that you got to look at things like cha- trading Jacob Degrom. And that's just the reality of it. That's facing the reality. So, I think you can't be in the middle. Okay, either you're going to run the team this way, they're going to run it this way. But you know, if if you're going to spend money, then spend the money. All right, like it's got to be one of the two. I, I just don't see the point of playing it in the middle. And I think that's where they've been so far. And, and then to make it worse, they're not really talking to anybody about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're suggesting they have a town hall like Jeter just had with the Marlins fans, <laughs> which was a disaster, by the way. Uh, it was fun to follow that along on social media, though. I was following some of the beat guys down in Florida that were, you know, live tweeting Marlins man trying to ask Jeter if he knows who he is. But um, while it would be, I think that would be great if they did go that route, but at least talk to you guys. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, just get get it out there and at least start answering some of the questions I know a lot of fans have, which Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think is is a wrong question to ask. And, um, you know, I actually wrote a follow-up on our blog afterwards because a lot of people read yours and they instantly come to the subline and go, well, how come you guys don't join the charge? And why don't you step on our side and go against ownership? I'm like, listen, guys, like – how could you expect that we're going to just cancel the seven line army season because everyone's up in arms? Like you have to understand that this thing grew from a t-shirt to now a community and you can't expect us to flush that down the toilet because everyone's mad about ownership. I don't care who owns the team to be honest. Um, But yeah, I do want it to be running away where we can start spending more, more money. But um, are you nervous that, um, like your reception from the team when you write a piece like this, you know, obviously you do have some spots that you do on SNY and it's run by the family. So do you worry about any kind of retaliation for speaking up, or are you just you got a job to do and you're doing it?
3: I have a job to do and I'm doing it. You know, I mean, it really is simple. Look, if if I don't do, do why would you believe anywhere, anything that I say if I can't write about and say the obvious thing that's in front of everybody? Like that's crazy, right? Like how could you believe it? And every time. That I write a story. I'm asking you to believe what I write. And there are times where I'm asking you to do that. I'm not even telling you where the information is coming from, by the way, I'm using a source. Believe me. Every time I type that word, I am asking the reader to believe me. Well, part of getting you to believe me is being credible and I can't be credible unless I report unless I write what I see and what I hear. All right. So, and sometimes it's not pleasant but I do it anyway because it is my job you know I I don't have you know I don't take a penny from SNY all right I don't take a penny from the team uh, and that's what it needs to be right you need to be an independent person an independent reporter covering the team and I and I pride myself on being that so there are gonna be times where in the in the process of doing that job you're gonna make people mad that's fine now you know the New York Mets they're big boys all right, like I think number one, if they decide to do this thing where I, I saw this a lot on Twitter, other to take your press passes away, good luck. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm the BBWAA. There's, there's a reason that organization exists, and it's not the voting, it's not the Hall of Fame. It's not it, the first mission of the organization is to preserve access precisely so we can do things like this. All right, so my access is not going to get taken away. Number two, those guys are smarter than that. Mm-hmm. All right, like, I mean, let's be honest, like, how stupid would you be? to try to mess around with somebody who's just writing what's out there, what's the truth, all right? They can say whatever they want. The bottom line is everyone knows what the payroll is, all right? So and when someone writes, it's probably a little too low for here, I don't care if that makes you mad or not. You'd be pretty stupid to try to mess around with people that are just covering your team. So, And I know that they're not going to be doing that. So making people mad at you sometimes is part of the job, Um, and that's fine by me, you know?
0: What about – the perception of the organization um obviously they just brought omar manaya back here um which it seems as though that's not gone over well with anybody in the front office it's it's you said that it has ownership written all over it um this is an issue we've heard since the first time omar was hired back you know in 2004 with the full autonomy but there always seems to be meddling uh, or at least inserting ownership inserting itself into either baseball decisions or, or whatever. One, I, I mean specifically with the Omar thing, it's I guess a two part question. One, well, with the Omar thing, just how poorly is this being received? And two, what is the perception of this organization from major league, around Major League Baseball when people maybe when they want to bring in talent to the front office or they want to bring in talent on the field? Do people look at the Mets and say? Eh, no, thanks. Uh, I'd rather not deal with that.
3: I'll <laughs> right, start with the first. These are great questions, by the way, and and I'm glad that we're having this open conversation about it because I think that's really what this is all about. Is it not? Yeah, it sure. Talking about it. So the first part of that, let's let's establish this first. Let's say that you thought the front office didn't do a good job scouting, which is fine. That's a fair knock. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to look at when you when you lose 92 ball games, I think everything is under scrutiny. Okay, including this front office, and you decide. You know what? Omar Manaya is one hell of a scout, which, by the way, is true. Yeah. All right. And let's not let that point get lost. You can talk about what he was as a GM. You can certainly criticize a bunch of the moves he made as a GM. He got fired. Okay, so that's all fair. But the bottom line is, the guy's a heck of a scout, and I think within the industry, I think people respect that. So, you're the owner. You're Fred. You're Jeff. You're like, well, you know what this, these guys need is better scouting, and you bring them on. I think it plays a little better if you explain that to people. <laughs> All right? If you say, look, I think we needed to scout better. Omar is one hell of a scout. We're bringing him in. And it's our call, and we own the team, and this is what we think is going to make us better. Didn't hear a peep. Yeah. About it,
0: tried to and dump so it out like, in the trash, and the okay, last day before Christmas. Okay,
3: right, so you yeah. sneak it under the wire, and then what <laughs> what happens? Well, of course, the current front office, there's people in there that resent that move because I always say this, man. We we talk about pro, baseball, pro sports is no different than your office cubicle. If the guy that they got rid of and they brought you in, right? They bring you in to take somebody's job, and that guy comes back and is now working with you. You think it might get a little awkward? Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's true. So
3: that's it. We're talking about human beings. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with whether Omar is good or bad at his job. He's actually quite good at that job. But the, what they're looking at having him do, I think he's very well respected. And there's no denying that. But it can also be true that if you don't sell that move properly to the people you're having him work with, it's going to make people angry. It's going to make them resentful. It's going to make them feel like they're you know, not validated in their work. And and is especially weird because it comes after the extend Sandy. So it's one of those where you're like, that doesn't make any sense on a bunch of levels. Now on a baseball level it certainly does. All right. But this is the real world. All right. Yeah. Just because it makes sense in the baseball level doesn't mean it makes sense on like a personal level. And guess what? It's still people that run the organization. It's still something you gotta consider. And it seems like in this case it wasn't considered. So that, that's the first part. And what was the second question again? The meddling.
0: The meddling. <laughs> the, what, why is – what's the perception of the Mets around baseball?
3: Well, look, I, I think people know what the deal is here. Yeah. I think they know that ownership's involved in a lot of stuff. I think they know about the media market, and I think they know about, like, the, the blow-ups that happen here. So I think people that come to the Mets, whether it's in the front office or as players or as coaches or whatever, they all know the deal. All right. It's just like any other business. All right. People talk. uh, People see it. Are all of those perceptions 100 percent true? No. Honestly, no, they're not. All right. Um, But some of them are and and enough of them are where I think people talk and, yeah, you you have an idea. Does it give some people pause? I think so. You know, and some of that is like this stuff that we're talking about. Some of it is just straight up New York. I'll give you an example. Brian Shaw, you know, the Mets were on him from day one. The dude didn't want to play somewhere where they trained in Florida. And like, you know what? The Mets got killed. You didn't get your top guy. Hey, sometimes you just don't get that guy, and it's nothing that you did. And I think in this case in the Mets defense, that's a perfect example of, look, there's sometimes you just don't know why people might not go to a place or whatever. And sometimes it's something as random as, I want to train in Arizona, not Florida.
1: I mean, you're very, you know, you, you, you said a number of times, you're so, you listen to the fans, you're very active on Twitter, and you obviously read everything that's going on, and people reply to you, and you're very active. Fans, what I hate the most about the fan base, or pretty much any fan base, is when things are going poorly, they go against each other. And now, if you go to games, you're wrong. If you don't go to games, you're wrong. The whole boycott thing, everyone's going against each other, and that's so toxic. And nothing constructive comes out of fans saying, I'm a better fan than you because I'm not going to the game, or I am a better fan because I'm going to go cheer on the, the uniform, not the owners. So what can fans do? You know what I mean? It, you're putting such a, a hard spot now to make a decision. Like I just said, we're not canceling our outings. I'm not, I'm not canceling our trip to Arizona next year because of who owns the Mets. You know, We're going to continue doing what we're doing. We're going to have a fun time, but I totally understand where some fans come from by saying, you know what, I want to make a change, and by not going to games, I'm putting my flag in the sand by going against ownership so like what can fans do in your opinion like what 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 can we do
3: you do what you think is comfortable and that's what i've been saying everybody man like i mean there's some people who they could they're just going to keep going to games and hey more power to them that's fine all right there's some people where and i man i after that column ran my email inbox or my inbox where the email got full my work email yeah thousands of
1: retweets yeah i
3: mean you know the the bunch of retweets but then like just like people who are reading the story in the paper and we're talking like it's generally the older fans yeah. in, in the fan base, and and man, it was crazy. It was like passionate and powerful, like people sitting down and and taking the time to write, which I appreciate. But we don't do that anymore, sure. right? I do it for a living, so I do obviously. But you know what? Most people don't do that. Sit down and actually formulate their thoughts, and it was powerful to me to read that. Okay, there are a lot of people that are hurt by this, and I think. It's very easy when you're in it every day to forget that this impacts people on a very personal level every day. And it was a good reminder, I know, for me to see that. So it is a very personal thing being a fan. And look, before I was a baseball writer, I was a baseball fan. Uh, You know, how you guys root for the Mets, I rooted for the Oakland A's. All right? So I remember what it is like to be up and down. I've walked out of that ballpark when they got beat in the playoffs. All right, it still haunts me. Okay, I, I mean, you know, I watched their the 2002 season end, yeah, and it makes me sick to remember it. Okay, so I rem- I know what it is like to be a fan, and I also know that that takes on a lot of different connotations for people. And so, if you want to stay away from the park and that's what makes them comfortable, then fine. Uh, if you want to keep going, then fine. I, I don't know if there's any right way to, to go about it. Um, you know, I certainly can't blame people. That, that are, you know, fed up with it, you know. And I certainly can't blame people that are to keep sticking with it because fandom is a very powerful, personal thing. I think that's something that really came out for me, uh, you know, listening to people after all of this uh, the last couple of weeks.
0: Let's bring in just a touch of levity before we let you go, which is it's Hall of Fame season. Oh, yeah. So you put up, <laughs> you put up your ballot, um, and I mean, I guess this is light only in so much as it's not about – ownership but there are enough issues with the Hall of Fame ballot i think that this is not that there is such a thing as a quote right ballot but to me i thought this was a very good ballot um I, you know for me too uh, you can see it on your screen if you're watching live um if not if you're listening to this later um, mark you know obviously put, uh, voted for the steroid guys you know which are as people would say Barry Bonds Roger Clemens Sammy Sosa guys like that um filled out the 10 full Um, I think there are more than 10 Hall of Fame-worthy candidates. I think that's kind of a silly rule. Can you take us through just a little bit of of your mindset and and maybe talk about um, what you thought about while you were filling this out?
3: Well, let's start with what you just said. 10 is a silly rule. Yes. Uh, Really, it should be, is this player a Hall of Famer or not? Mm -hmm. And if if it's one, then it's one. If it's 15, then it's 15. If it's zero, then it's zero. But to have a number on it is stupid. Um, I think it's demeaning frankly. It's demeaning to the voters. They should be, if you're going to trust the voting body to do it, then trust them to do it. Don't put some arbitrary number on there. And it really, you know, it, I resent it, especially now. This is my first year. And I'm with you, man. There's probably three other guys that I would have put a check mark next to there, yeah. maybe even four. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't, uh, because of that rule. Um, my thinking is this, uh, there's a dividing line with the steroid era for me. I think there's a point where it was it used to be like speeding. Everybody did it. Okay, nobody enforced it. If you're not going to enforce it, everybody does it. All right. Like you try going 50 on the Garden State Parkway.
2: <laughs> try it. <laughs> all
3: right. Let me tell you something. You're going to get run over.
2: Yep.
0: Okay.
3: You're actually creating danger because everyone's flying right by you. I feel like in the steroid era, unfortunately, that's what happened in baseball. Uh, until you give me the list that tells me definitively. Whether this guy did it and didn't do it, then it's hard for me to look at that stuff and take it seriously. Okay? Now, that said, there was a point in baseball where the reckoning came. The conversation happened. It became very clear that this was unacceptable uh, and that it compromised the integrity of the game. And the Players Union and Major League Baseball together acted upon that. They increased the, the, the penalties for doing this. All right. And I think you saw a sea change, a different culture change in baseball. So... I think if you were doing that stuff and get popped after that, then you're a moron, and you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame.
0: I.e. Manny uh, Ramirez, right?
3: Manny Ramirez got popped twice. His career ended on a 100-game suspension. Mm-hmm. So to hear people ask me, well, what's, why did you not vote for Manny when you voted for Sammy Sosa? Sammy Sosa hit 600 bombs and didn't get busted. Didn't get, he wasn't on—he like, didn't get suspended. Mm-hmm. He got suspended twice, all right? A hundred-game suspension is how he ended his career. That's a defining difference for me. All right. So the the problem with steroid stuff is that all of this stuff is accusations. All right. There was some survey testing that was supposed to be private that leaked out and some names got out. But to me, none of that stuff was definitive enough to say, "Look, I can't vote for this guy." So, and then really, what 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 pushed it over the top for me is that. Are you telling me that Barry Bonds didn't face a pitcher that might have been juicing?
0: Of course, yeah. Yeah. you
3: tell me that Barry Bonds didn't face like fielders, like a center fielder that, that took a ball away from him, like you know, over a fence or in the gap that was that wasn't juicing? Like, come on. Right. All right. Well, we with, s- with the culture was such that everybody seemed to be getting away with it. It's hard for me to believe that only X amount of guys are the guys doing it. We- I just I find that to. Very hard
0: to believe. We say all the time that the the biggest overlooked factor of the steroid era are middle relievers who came in five days in a row throwing 97. I mean, come on. Nobody does that. You, you see right. a guy trot out there now for his third day in a row, and it, it's basically akin to player abuse. I mean, and mm-hmm. you had guys going out there five, six days in a row. Throwing you know eighty eight ninety mile per hour sliders and ninety seven mile per hour fastballs and you're telling me they're not taking HGH to make sure that their arm repairs? Come on, that's a joke. Let me ask you one quick thing before we one more, one more thing yeah. on that. You were talking about suspension. When's Zama here making his comeback to Flushing? Yeah.
1: I missed the stomp, man. <laughs>
2: yeah. not, not too, not too <laughs> soon.
0: But on a Mets related thing, uh, who's number eleven on your ballot? And um, uh, and if it's not this guy that I'm thinking of. Is Johan Santana going to get a really raw deal here? He's probably going to drop off the ballot and another arbitrary kind of rule. Um, is he getting a raw deal? I mean, you look at uh, the, the valuation numbers, Jaws and War, and he's right there with Sandy Koufax. So um, one part is who's your first guy that if you had 11, you would include? And secondly, is, is Johan going to kind of get the, get the raw deal here?
3: I had Omar Vizcalo as my 11. Okay. Um, you know, I think he was so close obviously not an offensive player, but when what I saw from him defensively during his career, I mean, he just struck me as someone that was head and shoulders above his peers. Okay. Um, look, you just mentioned a bunch of advanced statistics there. And I think those have a place. It's important, but I think some of this is like subjective.
0: Yeah, of course. And
3: yeah. So, so let's go to Johan Santana. I think at, at his peak, he was tremendous, but at no point when he was playing personally for me, then I go, man, I'm watching a Hall of Fame player yeah. at no point. And so that's subjective. You can, there'll be a lot of people who yell at me, and be like, oh, that's bull crap. Like, I, you know, I always thought that. And that's fine. But, like, that's kind of the, the interesting part about the Hall of Fame, man. It, it is ultimately – we're trying to judge art.
0: Sure, yeah.
3: Okay? Like, and, and you can look at it from a scientific standpoint, and that's what I love about the numbers, that it gives you that view. All right? But, like, you can't tell me that Johan Santana and Sandy Koufax are the same. I'm sorry. They're not, all right? They're not. Uh, you know, Picasso is Picasso, and Sandy Koufax is Sandy Koufax. <laughs> and, you know, there's no numbers that will back that up necessarily. But, like, I think if you're someone that wants watched watch baseball and appreciate the game for as long as I have and, and a lot of people that care about this stuff have, there's you can't say with a straight face that – that that's an apples-to-apples apples comparison. And that's not the knock Johan Santana. You know, what I hate about this is when, well, he's not a Hall of Famer, then he sucks. Mm-hmm. Come on. Johan Santana's a tremendous player. Tremendous player. And, and and I think Mets fans, I don't have to convince them of that. Um, it might be he's a Hall of Famer or not. I don't think so. And, and, you know, yeah, you might be able to take some statistics and make it look like, you know, he you know, at some points in his career he was there, and and, and frankly he was, but I, I just, again, subjectively, I never saw him as a Hall of Fame player.
0: Not, Hall never of fame. That Not a Hall of Fame, okay? <laughs> Not. You get, I mean get lost with okay. this. Santana Santana? No. No.
1: So man, uh, keep you know, keep doing your thing. I really I I really enjoy your work and I like following you guys, you know, especially like Rain Delay Theater and everything that you guys got going on with, with Gelbs and Tacoma, and, you know, you guys have a fun time and I really enjoy following uh, your work throughout the season. And hopefully you'll come down and hang out with us in spring training. I know last year you had to miss the bowling event, but looks like we're going to do that again on the 23rd, the, the opening day, like the night of opening day. So if you're around, you should definitely swing by for some, uh, for some games.
3: Yeah, we'll see if we can get those knuckleheads to come by too. Yeah, they will.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, Mark Krig of Newsday. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Krig. Thanks for stopping by, Mark. Thank you. Mark is the freaking man right
1: we got to uh maybe talk about who our next guest is going to be yeah well, we did we we uh, he was supposed to be the, the the guy tonight
0: he was he was although I would like to meet Mickey Calloway in, in person. We would, and that's uh, that's not the well.
1: It's one of the reasons why. But uh mickey's actually going to come here in studio, in studio guest next week. So Mickey's going to come here. Hopefully, we can twist his arm into drinking some beers with us. I don't yeah. know if he's down. or Yeah, not.
0: I don't know if he would be. But uh, either way, we'll at the very least get him. You know, that's awesome. really cool though. Because like, it's, we, oh, it's amazing. When
1: we started this thing in the basement last year, we were like, all right, well, if we have some guests, I think they're going, going to want to come to my house. And that's before <laughs> we even started doing yeah. the whole Skype thing. And then you know, we got on. Some great guests last year, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Piazza, Granderson, the list goes on. But we were always hoping that someone would come and grace us with their presence. And now it's a new Mets manager.
0: Hopefully it'll open up the floodgates. He'll tell his, all his players how awesome Hot Pog is and they can, <laughs> uh, they can come and hang out. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Next week in studio live, Mickey Calloway, the manager of the New York Mets. We're Do great. you think he'll drink with us? I don't know. At least get a cheers. We're gonna find out. <laughs> We're, gonna find We're not out. gonna try to get him sloshed. No, <laughs> no, but, I mean, no, but he's like, you know oh, a beer. One to take the edge off.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't and, know if he uh, might
0: not even drink. Who knows?
1: You know, yeah, maybe he doesn't. But um, yeah, we would like to have him here and, and take some live calls with the fans. You know, I yeah. think that would be cool. Like the the first opportunity for fans to ask him questions, you yeah. know, it'll be on our show, which is which is really cool. So thanks to Mickey. He actually originally was planning to um, be on tonight. But since he's going to be in New York next week, it kind of makes a whole lot of sense. And yes. I said, "Well, do you want to come out?" And yeah. he said, "Yes." So and we shuffled to, around his
0: and plans. Thank you to the Mets for that, who uh, who hooked it up. And you know, like we said, you know, we, we want to be fair, and we, we talked about the hard stuff. And tomorrow, we'll kind. Uh, I'm sorry. Next week, we'll kind of turn the page. 2018, new season. And, and try to focus on the baseball. But so, it's funny.
1: When we announced uh, that Mickey was going to be on with us, we both got texted. We were like, how is this happening? Yeah, I know. And then
0: I, the first th- last thing I did before I went to bed last night, because Darren was at the Islanders game um, as a newly christened Islanders fan, <laughs> and, uh, and he texted me about this. And I'm like I'm like half asleep on the couch, and I like look at my phone, and I show it to my wife, and I'm like, she's like. <laughs> how? Well, how is how is this happening? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, this is cool shit. This yeah, is it awesome. is cool. And you know what? I I replied to that text. I said, I don't know. I just asked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like... how everybody always asks us. We get text messages. How'd you get Mickey? How'd you get Piazza? Darren just asks, and so <laughs> that just goes to show you, kids, just ask. Yeah. So uh, some people are watching this because they want to know the
1: scoop on what's going on next season for the Seven Line Army road trips, but. First and foremost, if you are just tuning in right now, we are giving away a free ticket to the Queens Baseball Convention, which is Saturday. January twentieth. I have a flyer yes. up here. Saturday, there. January Saturday, 20. January twentieth at uh, Catch in Astoria, and this ticket's for free. It's Brian's. Yes, Brian's mom donated the
0: ticket. donated by my mother. Donated um, to the show. She uh, she didn't realize she was going to be away and bought tickets, and because she loves Keith Blacknick, and this is true, Keith. This is why she said she said I want to support Keith. He's so nice. He's such a sweetheart. This is a true story. <laughs> he, she didn't say it like Donald Trump like that. He's so nice. But nevertheless, my mother donated one of her uh, extra QBC tickets uh, it could to be the yours. show. So it could be yours. So share the show. And, uh, and Todd Hundley, Brandon Nimmo, and Chris Flexen will be there live signing autographs. We're going to be there um, doing something for the show. And if you don't win, you can still go to Queens
1: Baseball Convention, pick tickets up. Yes. Uh,
0: they, they're selling great. I think there's like less than 100
1: left now. Yeah. Uh, so space is obviously limited. The place isn't gigantic, but it's definitely roomy enough to fit a whole bunch of Mets fans. Come so it's do good some time, baseball so. stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get right into it. 2018 road trips. We did uh, allude to this last season before we shut down for the year and we had some dates marked off on a schedule mm-hmm. and I said, I'll try to make it happen. And all of the away games that were on that list are now confirmed. So uh, first up is Atlanta. They have what they they have their own version of the Coca Cola Corner there. It's the upper deck and the left field. Well, almost upper deck and the left field. If you're looking at the caption, not the caption. The uh, the graphic here, it's 750 seats. We got all of them. So front row all the way to the back. It's similar, very similar to the Coca Cola Corner at City Field. That is in Atlanta in April, April 21st. So it, last time we went there, it was like. August, I think it was yep. right no, Father's it was, Day. No,
0: it was uh, June, July. It, it was, was June. so freaking hot. It was so June, yeah, hopefully we get
1: a nicer night. It's a night game. It'll be a little bit cooler. Yep. Uh, so I'm really pumped up about that one. After Atlanta also confirmed Arizona, a thousand tickets to Arizona in June, June 16th. And we also have the pool the night before. Very cool. Not for the whole group, but we have 42 tickets for the pool. So um, if you can come, you, you got a ticket cool hopefully you can i'm planning on bringing a life-size cardboard cutout of mr met and throwing like a towel around his neck and gonna have him on the pool deck with us i think that'd be pretty cool that's very cool so arizona is confirmed lizzie's in behind the scenes right now doing crunches
0: she's She's ready so
1: she can get prepped up for that bikini bod uh next up after that we're celebrating fourth of july in toronto a thousand tickets that highlighted area right there in the right well behind the uh right field dugout in the upper deck Uh, Why are we in the upper deck? There's no other spot to fit a thousand fans. The ballpark's kind of shaped oddly with the amount of of seats per section, so that keeps us all together. That's going to be a fun time. Cool. Great city. If you don't have a passport, you should probably get one. You need photo ID at the very least. This next one, I am shocked, shocked how many tickets you You got. You said
0: you could do it. I did.
1: And, and you did. I wasn't exactly sure. I was kind of. I wasn't sure if I was biting off too much than I could chew there. But Boston is confirmed, and it is going to be the largest outing the Seven Line Army has ever put together. One thousand six hundred and nineteen tickets on the field level behind Penske Pole. Ooh. Unbelievable.
0: Got it's pretty good. I can't believe it. It's pretty. They good. draw very well. How do they have that many open seats together? Look, kudos to the Red Sox for making this happen too. Penske Pole is. Uh, 100% very visible section. They're not sticking you, you know, where you can't be seen or heard or whatever. Uh, this if you're is looking gonna, at the screen here, where they would have could have put us to
1: hide us would have been behind where we're, we're read out. Yeah, you know, right it out there. That actually is a different price that point is, behind us. And oh I've sat God. there. It's I, horrible. I, seat. It's,
0: oh, and it's so hot. If it's it's if it's I know it's, well, September. it's September. I know it's September. But I sat there too in 2006, uh, and it gets so muggy there. I, oh my God, I couldn't even believe it. But I mean, unbelievable seats. Amazing. Unbelievable. So um, away game tickets go up
1: typically two to three months prior to the outings date that we're going to run down the list. Obviously, Atlanta will be first, so we'll get on that as soon as we possibly can. But obviously, first things first, opening day. Yes. Opening day is coming up. March 29th, earliest opening day that I can remember. We have a little over 300 tickets. We had our season ticket holders renew. Uh, Any open seats we filled. So we have a little bit over 300 tickets that will be available. And what we're doing differently this year, we're bringing back the shirt. Um, last year, we got rid of the shirts, and we went to the towel, the pin, and the Thundersticks. If you watched the show last year, we're getting rid of Thundersticks to bring the cost down a little bit. And we're bringing back a shirt. But oh. for the first time ever, it's a jersey.
0: Shirzy. So
1: if you are a uh, fan that goes to City Field, and last year they did the free shirt Friday that looked like a DeGrom jersey, we're doing something similar for our uh, single game members that are going to come sit with us at city field so this is what you're getting it's on the screen right now it is a thinner material similar to the the Gram replica they did last year ours is going to be screen printed it's got uh patches on both sleeves the seven line, seven line army on one the met skyline patch on the other the seven line across the chest and that road looking font 18 on the front and the back and that's what you're going to get now so cool The options are small through 4XL. We are not doing women's cut on this because we're we're just to make it easier and we're not exactly sure how many we're going to need throughout the year. uh, We did a guess because they had to be ordered, I think, three weeks ago in order to get them in time for opening day. So it's going to be difficult. I think that we guessed pretty closely. We've been doing this for quite a while now, uh, so there aren't women's options. So what we bit did, basically, the women's cut is pretty similar. If you go down a size on men's, and I kind of jumbled the numbers around, I think I did a pretty good job, so cool. we'll see. So um, the opening day tickets will go up next Friday, next Friday january 5th at noon on mets.com slash the seven line army it's 129 dollars per person that includes the jersey and the ticket in center field we obviously will be tailgating prior to going in the tailgate's always a great time we always encourage you guys to come and hang out with us it's a few extra dollars than it was last season but you're getting a jersey now instead of a towel on a pin so i think that people are going to understand the value in that um and you know People certainly like to get a shirt with their ticket. And, you know, last year we tried something new, and a lot of people liked it, and some people didn't, and it, the shirts are back.
0: I think the shirts are great. So I think a lot of people look forward to that, and uh, and I think they're going to look really good. So very, very cool. Um, we have uh, just a little bit of time left. We need to talk about giving away some free stuff. We do. We are going to do what's in the box to whoever is the
1: next person to call. While we're waiting for the caller, though— I am going to pull up something that we're doing tomorrow. The uh, replica jersey for the Seven Lion Army. Uh, obviously, the season ticket holders get the authentic cut. And maybe you want to explain that Because like, some people have a lot of questions about yeah. this. You are the jersey guy more than I am. So can you just explain to the people at home what the difference is between a replica and a authentic, please?
0: Sure. So when you get a, uh, a replica jersey, you're de- getting a little bit of a different material. We are authentic jerseys are like the cool base material. It's like an on-field. Uh, it's called what a player gets. It's like an on-field, what the player gets. They've changed. Majestic has tweaked out a little bit, but yeah, essentially a, an on-field Jersey. Um, there are no patches on, on replica jerseys. So when you have an authentic Jersey, we'll, we each have, uh, a patch on each sleeve. And the Mets across the chest. Yeah, the Mets across, script across the chest is, is actually really special this year. It's chain-stitched for the authentic jerseys. For this one, it's it's just a graphic. Um, it's a one-layer uh, kind of graphic that if it's, you go it's to any else right. Yeah, right. It's, tw- it's stitched down, but it's, mo- it's like a screen-print twill kind of thing. Um, still looks sharp, still looks really cool. It is a great... Um, it's a great option. You know what? I think even they, it was double layer last year. I, th- I don't even think it was one layer. It was double layer last year, so it's even better. And a lot of people, think, well, you know, I really play.
1: want my name and number. We don't do personalization on, on the ones that we sell for the replicas, but we do have friends over in Whitestone, a place called Stitches. So uh, if you want to hit them up, they always have the matching twill for the, uh, the same uh, blue and white that we have for our authentic. So. Go over there, ask for us, tell them the seven
0: line guys sent you over there and they'll hook you guys up. So And and you have to you have to say we had a discussion about this script because back in the nineties you, you didn't like this. Yeah, it's not that I necessarily didn't like it. I said that it could be polarizing because in the nineties in 1993, 1994, when they went to this underlined script, the you know the swoosh jersey is what it's called. People hated this. I mean Mets fans despised it. We had a vote. But yes, <laughs> you did have a vote and not and also on top of that. Um, everything, you know, old is new again, and people like that stuff. Look, We were talking about the Islanders Fisherman jersey before we came on the air, and that is now popular and, and desired. And, you know, if you go back to 1994, 95, it was the joke of the league. So, um, but I think it looks really cool. I think it looks great. Um, also, you know, dear old Simpson scene with... Uh, Wearing the, the Mets jersey that has the yeah, yeah, yeah. swoosh one. So if are interested, This
1: is a one-time thing. Just like last year, we had the pinstripe jersey. It's a one-time thing. So we aren't making these twice. If you're looking to pick one up for the 2018 season, Small Through 4X will be available tomorrow. That is the 29th of December. If you listen to this on replay on iTunes or SoundCloud, we appreciate you guys checking us out. Maybe rate and subscribe and do all that good stuff. But 129.99 99 each, Small Through 4X, and uh, grab yours before they sell out. And, uh... That's pretty much it. We appreciate everything that that you
0: guys uh, bring to the table for us. We are going to play what's in the box, though. All right, and we do have uh, Matthew from Birmingham, Alabama, on the phone. And Matt, are you a uh, are you an Alabama resident? Or are you going to have an awesome accent? Oh no, nah, I'm, I'm from
2: I'm from Rockaway. Okay. There you okay. go. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, that's cool. That's cool. That's good enough. All
2: right.
0: So, <laughs> so that's good enough. That's basically the same thing. So we are going to play what's in the box. You get to choose one, two,
1: three, or four. We don't know what's in these boxes, but w- well, it's boxes or packages. Yeah. You
0: could say one and four are probably sure shirt. Two and three are probably a hat. You don't want to tell them. I'm just saying. I'm, t- I'm telling you in case you are in case you are aiming for something. I'm um, just letting you know. Yeah. So, so one, two, three, or go four. Go ahead and it's pick yours. a number.
2: all right right.
1: let's see what you got in there and then stay on the line lizzie you'll get your address we'll ship this out
0: to you tomorrow so hang on one second
2: all right it's uh, it's
0: a shea neon batter uh flex fit cap what size do you wear do you know what size what size fitted do you wear
2: um i wear like a seven and seven eight perfect this will
1: be perfect it's a large
2: extra large so there you go awesome
1: hang on the line lizzie you'll get your address man all right, let me ask you though, living where you know, living back in Alabama or you know, in Alabama now, do you get to hit a lot of games? Do you come oh, home yeah. to watch the games? I'll be back in New York. I'm like I plan on like I plan on making a
2: trip in May because I want that set for this garden home. So I'll probably go to a few of those Rocky
1: games. That is yeah. a long freaking trip for a garden home. You can probably get one on on uh eBay for the same price as a flight.
0: But I like it. I like <laughs> but the but the that's dedication. awesome. Dedication though. That's awesome, man. All right, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for watching, man. I appreciate it. Uh stay on the line, Lizzie's gonna great grab your address all right what's so in the box a great what's, game what's in the bo- I of what's in the box uh if you guys have some <laughs> facebook questions feel free to rattle them off be uh before we get ready to raffle off the ticket to qbc which we're gonna have to do soon because my laptop is running out of battery <laughs> <laughs> see we're not completely high tech here folks We're yeah, um, not too bad we, we hope that you enjoyed the interview with mark we had um we had an amazing chat with him and I uh, you know even after we got off the air I had a great talk with him um just so he's a talented reporter and I think he's doing something that the fan base definitely wants so I, I had I had a great time doing that and we Absolutely. hope Absolutely I'm looking forward it. to next week with Mickey
1: Mickey's going to be cool to have him here in studio show him the spot you know I don't think he knows much about what the seven line is but we'll try to uh, not that, that, that we're bringing him here to educate him on yeah. who we are, but you know what I mean? It's going to be cool just to sit down with him. You yeah. know?
0: Yeah. Um, I saw somebody ask, uh, where are we located in a hot bog? Um, uh, guys, uh, John Clifford, th- don't, well, sh- we're not like open for business. Yeah. 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 Like- and, and also like, don't show up next week and, 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 <laughs> oh, and shit, try I to, think uh, about and that. try to, and try to get Mickey Callie, uh, Calloway's <laughs> autograph that you know, I didn't think about that. Ha- have some chill. Don't
1: even give the ideas. Have some chill. I'll ever re- re- redact that from your memories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, not- uh, the one other thing, <laughs> we're, not filming guys, the, we're not filming the interview here, actually. John, John
0: <laughs> Pummel wants to know, would we go on KFC radio or would we have Kevin on with us? Of yeah, course, why not? Of course Yeah, I'm would. buddies with Kevin. I went yeah. to
1: uh, watch the Rough and Rowdy at Barstool a couple of yeah, weeks Yeah, I saw that. I that why
0: you went there. So, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, Anthony Cass wants to know, is it true Francesa left FAN to be our third man on Orange and Blue thing? Oh, uh, okay. 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 Well, uh, no, not all, <laughs> all family. Okay? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, uh, but anyway,
1: the, uh, share the show. If you want the
0: the free ticket to QVC, yes. this is a fun, dude. I'm so happy to be back. It, it it was a lot of fun tonight. I forgot how much I missed it. I'm not gonna lie to you. Absolutely, like I, I missed it, but I, I just forgot how much. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm you know. I love you, but I'm not like in love with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Whatever you say, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I definitely don't hide it well. All right. Let's uh let's get our share thing going here.
2: If and
1: then I sh- just want to bring up because we we've been doing a lot of stuff before you know it, during the off season, uh, the blog started up right at the, towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. We brought some new people on. Alyssa yeah. came on board with us. I don't think she was a part of the of the site before the uh, last uh, season's uh, finale. But we have a lot of things, good things on deck for the year. Definitely a lot of content that we're going to film throughout the week to show on the uh future uh, episodes of orange and blue things so sit tight we got a lot of really cool things planned for 2018 yeah
0: um let me see tell me when to stop no, keep going it's not is it scrolling going. it's not going as much as i think right, like so to. the
1: the third one down i can't see it from
0: here. all right so uh there you go scroll yeah there you go this okay. one's good so jared todd is the uh it jared says well, he says it lives. he lives in california well he can give it to a friend you can give it to a
1: friend. He probably knows someone that lives in New York if he's a Mets fan. All
0: right, so Jared, we're going to hit you up on, and uh, if you want to uh, pass it on to a friend who's going to be in the New York area, or if you're going to be in the New York area on January 20th, uh, you want to take it to Queens Baseball Convention, which is uh, at Catch and Astoria. Come check out former All Star Todd Hunley uh, and current Mets Brandon Nimmo and Chris Flexen. So have some autograph signings, some panels. Uh, I'll be uh, moderating one of the panels. Uh, Darren and I'll be there filming stuff for the show, so go check that out. Lizzie will be there. Lizzie will be there, <laughs> so that's good. That's all you need to know. Lizzie will be there, so uh, we'll good hit beers you up. on tap and catch. As yes, well. yes. So we'll hit you up, Jared and uh, and everybody else. Definitely turn out for that. Tickets are available now. Go to queensbaseballconvention.com. dot com, and uh, they have a Facebook page as well, and you can get the to the Eventbrite site to purchase tickets that way. All right, my man. Let's that's get out of here. Absolutely. So, guys, Marky calendars next
1: Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on Facebook.com slash The 7 Line. Mickey Calloway will be our special guest. If you're listening afterwards on SoundCloud and iTunes, we appreciate it. And that's pretty much it. I'm happy to be back. Let's go Mets 2018. Sandy, if you're watching, maybe make some moves, help us out a little bit.
0: Maybe less on the jokes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, less jokes, more moves. And uh, thank you guys for watching. Tell your friends. We'll be back next week. Later, guys.